Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. It's a day after game edition. Yeah, that's right. The day after a game edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Let's go. Gets the first goal of the exhibition for the Flyers to tie the game. Set up by Claude Giroux. Sean Couturier makes it 1-1. Steered by Konechny in, but Chris Letang hurries back for that. Malkin gives it up in front. Here's Hayes. He scores! Kevin Hayes after the giveaway by Evgeny Malkin. And Hayes in the final minute of play in the period makes it 2-1. The second, here's the lead pass. In behind the defense. Lawton goes in with a shot, and he scores! The overtime winner by Scott Lawton. And Lawton cruises right in Ajari and puts it over him for a 3-2 Flyers win. And welcome to your July 29th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez, presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Here's what's coming up in this episode. You hear my conversation with Steve Coates after the Flyers exhibition win over the Pittsburgh Penguins, where they got a 3-2 win on a Scott Lawton overtime goal, which you just heard. Also, you're going to hear the media availabilities after the game from Elaine Vigneault. Also, joint availabilities with Kevin Hayes and Sean Couturier and Carter Hart and Shane Gostisbehere. Shane Gostisbehere had an interesting thing to say. The fact that he feels more healthy now or healthier now than he's felt in the past two years. And boy, could he end up being an X-Factor player for the Flyers. He performed extremely well in the Flyers exhibition game and that win over the Penguins, as did Travis Konechny, as did Scott Lawton, and Kevin Hayes. He had a goal in the game, the second goal of the game for the Flyers, after uh, intercepting a, a bad idea pass from Evgeny Malkin where he threw a pizza right up the middle. Uh, Kevin Hayes got it and dekes out Matt Murray and uh, put the Flyers up in the game 2-1 to one at that point. Sean Couturier, the newly uh, father, uh, got a goal, the first goal of the game for the Flyers from Claude Giroux and Ivan Provorov. And then the game winner, as we mentioned, was Scott Lawton on a tremendous pass from Travis Konechny. Mark Friedman also, as usual, looks very calm and never overwhelmed out on the ice. Very under control. Made a couple of really good plays. A really good uh, seal on the wall on Sidney Crosby on an odd man rush. Another play on Evgeny Malkin. He just looks like he fits. And uh, he's going to be a guy that you know the, the Flyers obviously like. They just signed him to a two-year contract extension. And he, he's a guy that... Certainly looks very comfortable on the ice. He played six games for the Flyers this year, was with the team when the season was paused down in Tampa on March 12th. And Mark Friedman also uh, showing his uh, his game and skill uh, in that game against the Penguins. Robert Hagen and Justin Braun did not go in the game. Flyers did dress seven defensemen, Ivan Provorov, Matt Niskanen, uh, Phil Myers, and Travis Sanheim. And then the other three were uh, Mark Friedman, Shane Gossespierre, and Igor Zamula. Zamula. Look good as well. Big body defenseman out there handled himself very admirably in that contest against the Penguins. Let's get to my conversation right now with the one and only, the birthday boy. His birthday was on Monday. 70th is the number. Doesn't look a day over 68. It's Steve Coates. Here's my conversation with Coatsy. And welcoming into Flyers Daily right now, uh, first of all, happy birthday wishes to Steve Coates. How are you, Coatsy? I'm good, Jason. Thank you very much for my birthday wishes. And you had a nice cake, right? I had a nice cake. Uh, my partner, Tim Saunders, uh, busted my chops about my age. You busted my chops about my age. 
uh, pretty well everybody did, and that's, uh, that's an endearing thing, and I like that. Well, that has nothing to do with your birthday. We do that all the time anyway. I understand that, but the birthday was just a little bit more accentuated. Uh, so we're sitting here on the couch in the booth after the Flyers just took on the Penguins for people uh, to kind of set the scene. But what did you see in the first game? What, did you, what do you think uh, about the product on the ice that you saw? Well, I, I saw a team that uh, there's, a, there's an air about this team. Um, we saw it as the season progressed, January into February, where it was just like, okay, come on and beat us. I mean, I think they understand that they're a pretty good hockey club. I think Vigneault has uh, put that, that, that confidence in them, and I think that the general managers help that confidence by filling in the gaps to make them understand that they're sitting in that room, that they look around that room and they go, wow, this is a pretty good hockey club. we got four solid lines. we got extra people. We have three real good defense pairings. And if you got a guy like Shane Gossespierre as your seventh defenseman right now, you're pretty damn good. Yeah, and, that, and that's one of the factors. And you saw Mark Friedman in the game played well as, uh, for the Flyers uh, as well. But um, two of the guys that really stuck out to me, um, and it's your two top-line pivots, it's uh, Sean Couturier and Kevin Hayes, both scored in the game. Those guys are going to have to lead the way. Well, you know, depends on who you talk to. Some people will tell you that you're only as good as what you have in the middle. Some people tell you you're only as good as what you got in net. Some people tell you about how good your defense are. I, I kind of like what you're up the middle because you got to score goals to win hockey games. And when you have two guys like that could, that can that, that play the middle, understand how they got to feed their wingers, get things done, create the opportunities. Not just a guy that's going to play center, take faceoffs, and, and kind of. But those two guys, especially Couturier, because he's probably, and I will tell you, there should be an investigation if he doesn't win the Selkie, about playing the game at both ends of the ice, where the third guy. Down below the circles, as the the goal, the, the the centerman has to go down and support the two defensemen, and they play as good as anybody I've seen at that, and they lead the way, and so they're the guys that are going to be able to provide for the Vorcheks and the Jerus and the Konechnys and the Lawtons. How about the goal that Lawton scores? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> I was going to ask you about that next. Because, for, well, first of all, the pass from Konechny yeah. was like a three-zone pass. Outrageous, right? Absolutely. He didn't have to slow down at all. No. Puck's right on the tape. Doesn't say, and then give him, when, when you don't have to look behind you, you don't have to reach, that gives you the opportunity that now you're stable. Now you have the opportunity to say, you know, here's what I'm going to do with it. But it's one thing to fire the puck up, but he just kind of say, ah, here. And he lifted it and just kind of flipped it over his shoulder. Well, what he did is he gets Jari moving because he drops yeah. the shoulder. Jari starts going to his glove side. As soon as he does that, I'll just throw it against the grain real yeah. soft. And you can't time that as a goal. It was no. a, That's a goal scorer's goal. And, and Jari, you know, he he was he moved a little bit too quick. Yeah. No two ways about it. He, he did not stay with him. Lawton didn't even make a move to go to the backhand. He just stayed right with it. Well, one of the things in this game, we, we saw some sloppy passing, both receiving passes and, and sending passes in the guy's feet uh, at points in the game. But overall, the Flyers are in this situation. The Penguins, that's their only exhibition game. Now they got to play for their playoff lives against Carey Price and the, Ca and the Canadians. The Flyers now still have three more games, uh, not exhibition games for seeding, but how big is that to have these games against the Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay Lightning, and Washington Capitals? Well, I think you have to set the tone. Uh I really believe that to begin, like the game against Boston, okay, you, you want to win them. Okay, that, there's no two ways about it. This is setting the stage for what is going to create what you have to do in the next round. But I think the importance of it and 
um, the urgency of it will come after the second game where you're going to see how you're doing in the round robin and how the teams are doing in the play-in and who you are potentially going to play. So let's say in a week and a half, all of a sudden, you're in second place in the round robin and you're seeing who you could possibly win or play again in the next round. That's going to create a lot of a lot of uh, drama as we head into the playoffs. Absolutely. And, you know, the Flyers, if they were to remain the four seed and Pittsburgh were to win, you'd see that team again in the round of 16. That'd be exciting, but you might want to avoid that that's squad. Not, no, that's not the draw you want right now. And that's why the importance goes back on the fact that you play the Bruins and the Caps and the Tampa Bay Lightning. You come out of that 2-1, and one, you're not playing Pittsburgh. No, no, you're, you're definitely going to move up. Um, do, you, do you see in the best of five playing round, is there any teams that you look at and go, this is where an upset could happen? Like, I look at Columbus and Toronto. Columbus has gone 13-2-5 and five against the Atlantic Division this year. And I say, with John Tortorella and that team and the players they got back, that looks like a dangerous team for Toronto for me. I think there's two potential upsets. So I think the Florida Panthers can, you know, beat the New York Islanders. And I believe that the Columbus Blue Jackets will beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think that Tortorella will do what he did last year, the Tampa Bay Lightning. He'll outcoach you. He knows how to wind them up better than anybody, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. And and he's he's one of those guys that he's just a pure coach. I mean, he he's the type of guy that you don't walk away from and say, "I wonder what he really meant." And he's a players' coach too. Yeah, you know they all love him. Uh, and uh, he's he's a winner, and that's why he's won a Stanley Cup. Yeah, and he's also, like Elaine Vigneault, has got five nominations for the Jack Adams and a couple of that's wins right. as well. Um, Coatsy, last thing, um, the goaltending in the playoffs is so paramount. Um, you saw Carter Hart in the, in the exhibition game. You saw Brian Elliott. Um, both look sharp. Uh, Elliott got basically the same amount of work, but in one period. But goaltending always is going to lead the way. And they for and going into these playoffs, you have to feel good about their standing in net right now. I think it's really good. I think it's as good as it's been an awful long time. Uh, first of all, because of Carter Hart being the number one guy, but Brian Elliott is a very strong backup. Um, and you take a look at you know other goalies that are in the Stanley Cup playoffs right now. You know, Carey Price, who didn't have a very good year. Uh, you look at a guy like Matt Murray, who's won a Stanley Cup, sets records when he did it. And then the guy that Tampa is probably as good as anybody in Vasilevsky. Bobrovsky, so-so right now. But he's the type of guy who can get red hot and cause a lot of problems for a lot of people. So I, I think the goaltending for the Flyers is as good as anybody here in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and that's, that's going to be the key. Which goaltender's got the confidence right away, too, that you can ride. And it's good for the Flyers. They don't have to play for their playoff lives immediately out of the gate. Um, do me a favor. Go celebrate your birthday now. I did last night. But if you want me to do it again today, I'll do it. Well. Double headers for you. Never, never well, too difficult. I'm not a quitter. <laughs> Coatsy, thanks. Okay, thanks, Chase. Always great to catch up with Steve Coates. Got to see him and Tim Saunders at the broadcast at the Wells Fargo Center as we bring you the games live remotely from the Wells Fargo Center off monitor. And uh, the Flyers get that big win uh, in the only exhibition game they have over the Pittsburgh Penguins. The crazy part is now the Flyers have a round robin. Uh, against the Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay Lightning, and Washington Capitals. That starts for them on Sunday. The Penguins got just that one game, and their next game, they're playing for their playoff lives in a best-of-five against Carey Price and the Montreal Canadiens. So good to be a top-four team like the Philadelphia Flyers. Use those other three games to get your game fully dialed in, get some work done, 
and also in the process try and move up and improve your seating in the Stanley Cup playoffs. After the game, head coach Elaine Vigneault had a chance to address the media, and here's what he had to say. Hi, A.V. Uh, what did you think of uh, Shane Goss' Bears game today, and uh, where do you see that battle between him and uh, Robert Haig? Um, you know, I, I liked uh, Ghost's game t- tonight. I thought uh, he tried to make some plays with the puck. Uh, but uh, obviously, like the rest of our group, it was his first game in a long time. So, um, you know, he made some good plays. Uh, there's there's some battles, uh, obviously, for, for that starting lineup on, on the 11th that, that are – are going to happen here throughout the uh, you know, next couple of weeks. Uh, tonight was our first game, and um, I expect us to get better every day. Sam already asked about Ghost. I guess I'll ask you know, pretty much all the guys who were in that, that battle, the guys like Joel, Nate Thompson, I guess Mark Freeman, Igor Zamul in theory as well. Who out of that group impressed you the most? Um, you know, you know I, it's hard for me to, 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 to pick one guy tonight. I obviously, you know, you're, you're, you're playing your first game in a long time. And uh, my expectations when, you know, when I analyze the game quickly and I haven't looked at it on video, but you know, I really liked our first period. I thought we um, executed uh, quickly and made some, uh, you know, high percentage plays with the puck. Um, I thought as the game went on, though, uh, our play, uh, didn't slip a little bit, but uh, wasn't wasn't that as effective. And um, you know, some guys obviously that the game conditioning, the game tempo, the game momentum is something that uh, these next three games, uh, I believe, is is going to help our group. Uh, I'm I'm happy we got this first game out of the way. It was a typical, uh, you know, September, uh, early October game where. Um, you know, Players are looking for their game shape, their game tempo. tempo but uh, I think uh, I think we're going to move in the right direction here. What was your impressions of, of how the ice was faring, uh, particularly as the game went along? And is there a concern, or can you do anything about it uh, in preparation? As obviously the, the tournament goes on and uh, and it gets hotter. You know, I think uh, I mean I and. I'm thinking out loud here when you're asking me this question. I don't think a lot of people had skated on this ice uh, lately. They, I mean, there's been no game. So usually it takes, you know, a, a good week of, uh, of skating on an ice to, to, for the ice to, to, be, to be good. So uh, I, I see it getting better. Uh, even though it is hot, it is humid, and there's going to be a lot of activity. I think this was a, a first game in a while, and uh, – Obviously, it got a little little chippy uh, as the game went on there, but I do think that uh, uh, hopefully they've got some good people here working on it, and I think it's going to hold up. I was just curious what you thought of the whole no fans aspect, and did you feel like your voice carried a little bit more uh, than usual? I've had a few people that have already told me that they've heard, heard me a couple of times out there, but I don't think for me that it's any different whether, you know, there's nobody in the stands or 18,000, usually my players can hear me most of the time. So, um, you know, I, you know, when you're behind the bench and, you, and you're in the flow of the game and, you, and you're coaching and you're making uh, adjustments and you're giving feedback, 
you don't really notice the fans during the game. And, and, and I think that as players, you're focused on what you have to do. So, you know, I, I looked at the setup uh, a few times uh, before warm-up tonight, and it looks real good. And I think everybody is, is going to get used to it. Pre-game, during the anthems, when you guys lined up together and you were standing next to Mike Sullivan, uh, what kind of impact do you think that kind of solidarity together, especially, I mean, it's trivial, but especially these two teams, um, what kind of impact can that have in the hockey world, do you think? Oh, hard for me to, to say. Um, more for, uh, for other people to say. I, I think all we were trying to do tonight, players and and coaches were show our support. And uh, that was the uh, one small way I, I thought that uh, everybody could do it and show it, and that's what we did. Hey, Lane, uh, you mentioned earlier about um, the first period you felt like you guys played high percentage hockey. Do you think, and obviously you, you always want the guys to play high percentage hockey, but do you think in the beginning of this, you know, the round robin into the playoffs that you guys will be playing maybe a more straightforward game than usual just to account for, for maybe the lack of chemistry that's been built up? I do, and it's one of the things that uh, is definitely on my bucket list to talk to our players before the, the next game is, you know, uh, we're not even though we're, we're getting those three, three other games, the three other games are important. It's for reseeding, uh, so we could move up. Uh, so we need to play well, and I think at this stage, with being a, you know almost five months off, uh, simple is better right now, and that's what. Uh, we're going to try and do here moving forward. I love the fact that Elaine Vigneault said simple is better. And, th and that's so true. When you're first getting back on the ice, rely on the things you can control, the system, being in the right spots on the ice and all of those elements. And if you do that, uh, you're going to put yourself in a good position. Everybody's starting from scratch here, the same starting line. Uh, so simple is better. When it's your job to get a puck deep, get it deep. Those are the things you can control, and you heard that from Elaine Vigneault. Flyers Daily, brought to you by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Supporting our Flyers, Penn Orthopedics creates the ideal care plan with treatment options, fueled by our own world-renowned research, doing what once seemed impossible, so you can too. Another reason why your life is worth Penn Medicine. Learn more at pennmedicine.org slash ortho. Also after the game, yesterday when the Flyers beat the Penguins, Sean Couturier and Kevin Hayes addressed the media. Hi, gentlemen. Uh, just wanted to get your first reactions of gameplay outside of practice and scrimmages, um, how it felt to get back out there, and uh, how you guys both personally felt. Uh, I thought the pace was pretty good uh, for, for an exhibition game. Um, obviously, maybe... As, a, as much uh, emotions um, as there, used, there usually is between uh, these two teams, but uh, I'm sure once the playoffs get going, it'll uh, ramp up pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, like Coot said, uh, the pace was, was pretty high. It's been higher than our training camp and our scrimmages. Uh, but yeah, the emotion uh, was a little different, and I think it's something that we're all that used to. And uh, I think as the games get more important, the emotion will pick up. Hi, guys. Uh, this is for both of you. Um, how did you feel the uh, the special teams play was on, on your side, both power play and penalty kill? Did you feel like it was clicking more than it did back in, uh, in Voorhees? Uh, yeah, I thought it went well. Uh, I mean, you can't really practice it. And uh, at your practice center, it's not the same as when you go against an opposing team. Uh, I thought our PK did a good job taking away their options. Uh, they obviously have a really skilled power play, and I thought our PK guys did, uh, did, a, did a job on them. Our uh, power play was uh, looked good, had some good zone entries, and got a few chances. Yeah, we only had one power play, but I thought we had some good looks. Uh, we were in their zone for probably most of the, 
power play. Uh, we had a lot of good chances, good looks. Uh, so uh, it's something to build on. Hey guys, uh, Kevin, can you just uh, take us through your goal, what you saw there, um, and how it all kind of transpired? Uh, yeah, I mean, TK and Scotty uh, had a good forecheck. They were on them. Uh, I think uh, Malkin tried sending it through the middle, and I guessed and guessed at the right time and picked it off, and then uh, luckily it went in. Yeah, guys, I'm curious, just, you know, the, the pregame, standing together in solidarity with, with the Penguins players, um, what was that like? What do you think the impact of that could be? Other teams have talked about doing that now as well. Uh, yeah, we, you know, I think we talked about it uh, before the game, doing something uh, just for, uh, you know, equality and, you know, justice, racism, you know, everything. I think uh, just uh, respect people, your opponent. You know, we're a pretty big rival, but, you know, still shows uh, the way that we have respect for each other. And uh, I think it should be the same in, uh, in life in general. As far as a first step towards getting uh, to the games at camp, uh, was this a, do you look at this as a positive and how close do you think you guys are uh, to being ready for the game against Boston? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think every day our, our main goal is to, is to get one step closer to where we were when, when uh, COVID hit. Um, and I think this was a step in the right direction. Uh, I mean, you can practice as much as you want, but you got you to gotta get some games in you. And I thought the pace was pretty high. And uh, I think overall, if you're not playing games and you're practicing, you got to do everything in your power to get ready for, for that first game. And I think it was definitely a step in the right direction. What was it like just playing inside that, you know, arena for the first time? Obviously, we knew it would be a different kind of setting than, um, you know, a typical game. Um, but what was it like there in front of the fans there and then pumping in some of the noise there and trying to make it an atmosphere? And how normal did it feel over time after you just started, you know, it was just another game? I think it was, it was a little different at, at first in warm-ups and stuff. Um, and like I said earlier, there wasn't really uh, – a lot of emotions during the game, you know, nothing crazy going on, you know, battle like after the whistle and stuff. Usually you see a lot of that between, uh, between us. But uh, at the same time, I think it was just because it was an exhibition game, not really because there's no fans. So um, I think once, once the game started, you, you don't really think about it. You got a job to do and you just try to go out there and, and uh, do, your, do your thing. Hey, Sean, how was the quality of the ice um, as the game went on? Did you notice anything? And, and Kev, if you had any observations on that too. Uh, it was all right. Um, wasn't the best, but, uh, you know, I've, I've seen worse in the league at that time. So um, I think it's, it's the same thing for every team. I wonder how it's going to be for the second game. But uh, like I said, it was, uh, it was okay. I guess it's, it's playoff hockey when you play late and, in June, May, June, uh, at some places it gets ugly. So uh, it's no different here. Yeah, I think, um, like Coot said, uh, wasn't the best, but I think the guys that are working here, they're kind of on a trial and error uh, phase too. Like, I think as the tournament gets going, as the as playoffs keep going, it'll get better and better every day. Two of the Flyers' goal scorers there in the game, Kevin Hayes with the second goal. Sean Couturier scored the first Flyers' goal of the game against the Penguins, and the Flyers come away with a 3-2 overtime win. Also after the game, Flyers goaltender who played two of the three periods, Carter Hart giving up one goal on 12 shots, and Shane Gossespierre addressed the media. 
yeah, guys, I guess I'll just ask you the basic question of what did it feel like to play out there the way you guys did? And uh, what did you think of the performance in terms of a tune-up to get going before you guys play your first game? Both of you can answer. I mean, yeah, for us, it was nice to get in a game. It's been a long time for both clubs uh, that have had some game action. So I think it was just nice to get things rolling and, and uh, just feel what it's like to be in a game. And I mean, for us, it's a different environment, something we're not used to. No fans. Uh, we're all in this bubble. So it, it's something that's different, but um, we'll adjust. And, and this game was, was good for us to see what it's going to be like. And I thought we played well tonight. Yeah, I mean, uh, pretty much what Hartsy said. It was, uh, it was good to see, you know, what it's going to be like for sure. I mean, uh, it's definitely obviously a little different, but, you know, I think it was good to, you know, at least get one game in there before everything starts and, you know, see what the atmosphere is going to be like. Yeah, for, uh, for Shane. Um, Shane, how does the knee feel? Like, uh, are you um, at the best you've been physically all season? And uh, is there anything you can't do? Do you feel like you're you're more mobile now than you were at any point during the season? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm definitely 100% right now. I feel good. Um, probably the healthiest I've felt in a couple of years. So, you know, I'm you know happy to contribute in any way I can. And, you know, it's just good to be healthy. And, you know, it's good to be out there, you know, playing again and, you know, having fun and, you know, obviously winning too. Hey, Carter, I wanted to get your thoughts on, on the conditions of the ice. I, I could see where that, you know, here we are in late July and going to get into August whereas the games are played, uh, the ice might deteriorate. What was it like out there tonight? And is is there anything that you can do as a goaltender to kind of prepare for for bad ice? Yeah, I mean, towards the end of the period, you could see that the ice is starting to get a little soft and um, the snow is building up pretty quick. So, uh, but I mean, that's just something you can't control. It's, we're playing hockey in 30 degree weather outside. So um, sometimes you're gonna have uh, not ideal ice conditions. Um, but that's just the way it is, and you just have to uh, work through it, push through it, and uh, just hope that the ice crew uh, does a good job. Guys, uh, this question is for Shane. Uh, Shane, I'm not sure the last time you played in front of no fans was, but how different was that, and how long did it take to kind of get used to it? Uh, you know, I think it was a quick adjustment. I mean, you know, we've been doing scrimmages with no fans, obviously, and no one there in the rink, and you know, I mean, obviously being in a bigger, you know, building, uh, it's definitely a little different. I mean, you could hear a lot more. I mean, as Carter, I mean, little goalie communication is a little easier, but, uh, you know, it's definitely a different vibe. I mean, I don't know how it's going to be when you're playing real games, if it'd be more fired up, but, you know, you'd obviously miss the fans, but, you know, it is what it is right now. Hi, guys. Uh, this is kind of follow up to what Jordan said, but uh, specifically to Carter, um, you talked in, in Voorhees a little bit about how you might have to make some adjustments to how sight lines change without fans in the arena. How quickly did that adaptation happen for you? And then for Shane, you've always been a player who kind of feeds off the crowd, the excitement to help kind of get your game to another level. How do you kind of replicate in that in your head to, uh, to, to reach that point in these kind of games? Um, yeah, I mean, it's different with no fans, obviously. Um, but you just got to adjust. Um, probably the biggest difference is that you got all those screens in the stands. Um, so that's a little bit different, but at the end of the day, your focus has to be on the ice. Um, so it doesn't really change too much. The only thing that's the, the biggest difference is the atmosphere and, um, how quiet it is. And like, like Ghosty said that you can hear pretty much everything on the ice. 
guys. Uh, my question's for Shane. Shane, uh, after the first game back, after some time, like everybody was in, is it good to get on the ice and some three-on-three, three, have that extended time maybe for conditioning to see the ice with a lot more space? Uh, for sure. I mean, I don't know how much good it's going to do for you in playoffs, but, uh, you know, it was cool, especially how tight that scrimmage was. And there wasn't a lot of plays out there to be made. And, um, you know, it was definitely awesome to, you know, see some openness and, you know, make some plays and make some passes. So, you know, it was cool. Well, we heard the coaching staff talk about Shane Gossespierre and the work he was putting in in phase three in training camp and that they were noticing it and that he looked very good. And him mentioning there in his availability that him feeling healthier now than he has in the last two years. Boy, if you can get a Shane Gossespierre uh, playing at that level once again, that'll just be a tremendous boost to the Flyers and that decor that already led the NHL in scoring of any decor in the National Hockey League. Uh, Shane Gossespierre playing at that elite offensive level again well, that would be something that the Flyers would certainly welcome going forward. That's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily, presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. We'll talk to you on an all-new edition of Flyers Daily coming up tomorrow. In the meantime, stay healthy and thanks for listening. And I-